Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way, and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Support WrestleTalk! Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by El Fakator Larry Blake. Hello. How are you, mate? I'm alright. I'm fine, thank you. So the uh, the audio in this might sound slightly different because if you are one of our pod swafters and not someone who watches the YouTube channel, although actually you'll have this podcast up first, so you will be the first to see this hear or this. hear it. Uh, see we've it got, with your ears. We've got new microphones. Oh, yeah. There's a new mic set up in the studio. That's why this podcast is late. Very sorry about that. But uh, yeah, we were setting it all up yesterday. We had our technician in who was setting it all up. We've got a big new camera rig set up here in the studio for the Wrestle Ramble and new mics. We got rid of the headsets. Oh, yeah. And we are now on actual podcast mics. It's weird. I can hear the room sound. You're right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I much prefer this. Yeah, this is nice. Huh? I much, much prefer this. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is all very, very exciting. Um, and there is a, there's a phase two of this setup that is uh, to be done, which I should, I think, probably be worked out by next week. Our technician's coming back in on Wednesday to kind mm-hmm. of iron out some of the kinks. And, uh, yeah, multi-camera. Multi-camera. That Extreme is, close-ups. That is the tease that I will give you for this. But how's your week been? Yeah, it's been very good, thank you. I cannot remember what I've done this week. Not a lot, actually. Mm. Uh, it's been a very quiet one for me, whereas the last few weeks have been lots of running around and seeing people and doing stuff. I'm quite glad that I've been at home most evenings, just <laughs> yeah. taking it chill. Yeah, I mean, I actually had like a couple of evenings more or less to myself because mm. uh, my wife's been out. Dreaming. So I've been able to, like, I've restarted Resident Evil 2 <laughs> um, because I played it on Tuesday, um, just continuing on through the, the Chris campaign on standard setting Mm -hmm. and i've just realized like i was really struggling with it and the reason why i'm struggling is because i can't aim Ah, i suck at aiming i had this problem with uncharted i can't aim on like modern games i don't know what's i don't know what's up with me i just i haven't got the calibration for it but if you put it onto the assisted setting on resident evil 2 it essentially also aims for you it doesn't Ah. auto aim perfectly if you're looking at a character, though, it will also aim for you. The baby's version. You're exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, just so that if you're facing it, it'll just start pointing its chest, and then you can move it if you want to point to its head. Uh, okay. Although I was reading... That's a... the original Resident Evil controls. Exactly, which is probably why I'm a bit better at it. <laughs> um, but it's. Uh, I read an interesting thing about Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are new to this podcast and you're wondering, why are you not talking about NXT? We'll get there eventually. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a ramble. Exactly, yeah. We're doing this from rambling. Uh, I read a really interesting thing on Twitter. Apparently, that the way that Resident Evil 2 is designed, that mm-hmm. no matter where you shoot a zombie, it does the same amount of damage. Oh. So you can spend time constantly aiming for headshots, but you can just shoot them in the chest and it'll do the same amount of damage. It'll take the same amount of kills, Wellic- the same amount of shots to take them down. Welicky, welicky. Yeah, so that has actually saved me quite a little bit of stress because previously I have been aiming for the heads oh. and wondering why they're not been going down as quickly. And it's because you don't need to. Sometimes you don't need to see behind the curtain, though. I feel like feeling like headshots is better mm. pushes you to try harder to like. Yeah, but that kept getting me. And killed. It's more high stress, you know. I think that's yeah. I just you want it to be stressful. It's meant to be stressful. Yeah, but it made me lose. Yeah, and well, I, was, yeah. I was getting tired but of losing. Get, yeah. How many people win the apocalypse? Lose? <laughs> How many people? Not many. I so, suppose yeah. you're right. I was thinking that while I was playing it 
that you could tell that I'm not a teenager anymore with just like unlimited hours on my hands because when I got I got to a point where I didn't really know what to do and I'm like I'm just gonna go online and just look up what to do like whereas if I was a teenager I'd have then just spent the next you know three hours exploring the police station to work out what I had to do yeah. whereas I literally was sitting there going like I don't know my, I'm, my, I'm, yeah. I'm stuck now my my uh, tolerance for puzzles has gone down oh, massively. dramatically yeah. yeah I'm googling uh, how to finish levels on Super Mario <laughs> like, <laughs> at the moment because I'm just like I'm just trying to get through the game at lunchtime so yeah, I'm just yeah, like, totally. if I can't find all the coins like the star coins in New Super Mario's Bro U Deluxe whatever I'm yeah. just like google yeah yeah tell, tell me where the secret exit is i don't care because i'm playing phoenix right on the on my ipad mm. on the way home like when i used to play phoenix right back in the day when i was i used to play on my trips back from my home in reading to portsmouth university yeah and that's like a two and a half hour train ride right like is it and it's a long old train ride mm. so when I, I was playing it at home but i was also playing i i loved going on those long journeys because that's i've got two and a half hours here to just get into these cases and play me some phoenix right <laughs> And this was back in the day before you really had the internet on your phone. So if you got stuck, you'd you'd be stuck, mate. You're oh, you're just you're God. stuck. So I would spend hours trying to work out what the clues were that I needed to present in order to win these cases. Yeah. You sort of spend hours kind of like pouring over the detail and stuff. Now, I mean, granted, I've completed the games anyway, so I don't feel quite as bad about this. But if I just get stuck, I just go. I'm just going to quickly go on Safari. Yeah. yeah. Uh, walk through. Where am I at? So I'll present a bit of evidence. See, so that I always found the interesting thing about Phoenix, right, is that that is always the baffling bit of it. Like presenting the evidence, even if your train of thought is right, sometimes if you don't do it in the right order, That's the right, game yeah. is just like, no, but he is guilty. And it's like, no, he's not guilty. I can tell you why. I'm, li- I, I'm literally yeah. showing you why. Yeah. But then you're like, um, the worst bit I find, though, is the investigation scenes where you're going like round crime scenes because there's always a bit where i got stuck in whatever one it was i was playing like i would always get stuck where i just couldn't move this the game on from that scene to go back to court and i was like i know i've kind of picked up everything yeah and it would always be like well you've got to go to this one random place and so i was like what i would just do is like go through each scene sort of methodically tapping everywhere oh yeah until something turns up it was like when you're looking for the little hint coins in professor Layton, you just like <laughs> tap every f- lamppost just going like that one that one that one hint coin brilliant i know exactly the point you mean yeah. as well phoenix right because i remember being at game station where i worked at, at mm. university on the lav <laughs> at that exact point being like i have done everything there is to do why can i not advance this investigation where is maya <laughs> until i walked into and then you suddenly you said oh Oh, I've not pressed that. Oh, it was... You are kidding me. Yeah, yeah but great game. It's, they're fantastic games, but and, too much clicking. And brilliantly, uh, as I've since discovered, they're all on the iPad now. Oh, So the entire yeah. series... that has been released in the West anyway. There's a couple of like Japanese exclusive games that haven't made their way over. Has the Sherlock Holmes one made it over? I don't know. I honestly mm. don't know. But uh, yeah, all of the Phoenix Wright games, except for the Professor Layton crossover, are on the iPad. Ooh. Quite cheeky from Capcom, though, we'll say. It's 99p to download the game. But it's only the first case. Only the first part of the first case. You, and then you have to pay £15 to get you that unlock the whole game. Which I, I think is fine. I think paying £15 for the whole game is actually quite reasonable, considering mm. the amount of hours you get on the game, and it's cheaper than buying a DS this and the other then don't charge me a pound to download a demo yeah maybe not yeah yeah that that is a bit that's where i get a bit i think that's a bit cheap yeah Yeah, it's a bit capcom but then capcom's mo this year seems to be re-release everything on the switch so we'll find out (laughs) every game will come out on the switch this year well they've got resident evil the resident evil hd remake resident evil zero remake resident evil 4 coming out nice uh, Onimusha came out recently. Dragon's Dogma is coming out. I wouldn't be surprised if we get some sort of Monster Hunter world skin yeah, yeah. down or they'll make up another one that comes in between Generations or Ultimate X or whatever they're calling it. Like, I um, imagine Devil May Cry might appear at some point because Devil May Cry 5 is coming out on other consoles. That's what year. I was about to say, yeah, particularly because they've just released the demo for that as well. Mm. So I can definitely... Yeah, yeah, they released it yesterday. I know what I'm doing this weekend. Yeah, I know, right? I was thinking that as well. But yeah. I'm, I've, I've got to just finish a game that I've got. Yeah, like, I well, still haven't so... finished Spider-Man. I've yeah. not finished Alien. <laughs> I've not finished Resident Evil 7. I've not finished mm. any of the games I've bought and I just keep buying new ones. See, I'm cross about Devil May Cry, though, because I like the the reboot that Ninja Theory did. 
Yeah, the DMC, right? Yeah, DMC. I thought was great. Uh, I, I I thought a really brilliant game. A really nice remake. Clever. Like took away some of the bits that were a bit stale about Devil May Cry. Whereas this is very much just like we're just giving you exactly what you wanted. Nostalgia for <laughs> something that was now eleven years old and was outshined by Bayonetta. Literally a couple of months later, DMC four was naff. It was naff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I just, I think it looks cool, but also, I just kind of wish Ninja Theory had been left with it for just once more. Like, even if they just didn't do the combat, even if, you know, Team Little Devils came in, did the combat for DMC, and Ninja Theory were just left to do the animation and the story and all that stuff. Because all that stuff and all the imaginative, like, enemy designs, I really loved in DMC. And I just think we're going back to sort of cheesy like schlocky rock mm-hmm. nonsense yeah yeah which was cool when i was 15 and i first <laughs> saw devil may i first saw the bit in devil may cry where he like has a whole gunfight while a bit of pizza's in the air and then catches the pizza yeah. i was like he's the coolest man of all time i hope i grow up to be a dante <laughs> but now i'm just like oh it's a bit naff in it yeah 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 i think uh zero punctuation in their review of devil may cry said that it was basically like having a spider and a scorpion and then you just oh no you have like a a, a spider fighting a big load of red, like an army of red ants and then you just pour red and green gummy bears over the winner <laughs> anyway <laughs> i've butchered that ever so slightly i can't quite remember what it was the review came out 10 years ago anyway uh we're going to move on to the nxt review yes we do talk about wrestling on this show as well uh so we're going to be kicking off talking about io shirai, um, shirai. and her pinning Shayna baszler on this week's show uh here's the episode but anyway, so we're going to talk about NXT. I um, hope you all enjoyed the show. And it closed with a six-man tag between Bianca Belair and the Sky Pirates mm-hmm. against three of the four horsewomen. And it was a, a decent little match. Like, it wasn't a particularly great match or anything no. like that. But I thought that the story that it told within the match was was actually really, really great. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought... Um, so the, the outcome of the match is that Io Shirai picks up a pinfall victory over Shayna Baszler. The current NXT Women's current Champion. NXT Women's Champion, obviously setting up the idea that Io Shirai might be a new contender to the throne. Mm-hmm. However, Ms. Bianca Belair, she weren't very happy about that. No, she wasn't. And the commentators did such a great job of putting this over. Because mm-hmm. like, Belair spent a lot of the match on the apron, not really doing a great deal. And then she finally, she blind tagged herself in because she was like, I've had enough of this. I won in on this match. It was a really good tag as well. Yeah. I love the I love the fact that they were doing, you know, the, the Sky Pirates were kind of rolling and doing their tag team offense. They were going, going for before. a hot tag, yeah. And they were going, yeah, they were going for the tag and she literally just swings over and goes, I'm in. I'm in now. And she hits the KOD on uh, on Baszler yes. to get a pin, but that pin was broken up. But the key to this is that EO was the one who did pick up the pin with uh, the moonsault off the top mm-hmm. on Baszler, as you said. And the commentators did a great job of putting this over quite subtly, but it just plays into the, the bigger picture. That of the three women on that team, uh, Belair is the only one not to have pinned Baszler. Mm-hmm. Because Saints pinned her in the past, EO has pinned her now. And they're the only two women in the NXT women's roster who have pinfall victories over Shayna Baszler. Mm. And that is the sort of thing that the character of Bianca Belair that is just going to eat away. Oh, yeah. Her. But this, this is what I found so interesting about this match was because, you know, the reason she doesn't pick up the pinfall victory here, even though she hits the KOD, is because she doesn't work with the team. Yes. She's, she runs. She wants to tag herself in, run off on her own. The other two get taken out. Duke and Shafir have got Baszler's back. Bianca Belair, as her song says, is on her own against the world. Mm-hmm. And it ain't paying off for your love. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just, you know, and I just think that's kind of the point here is that Io Shirai wins with help from Kyrie Sane. Yeah. Because she's keeping Shafir and Duke out of the match. Yeah. So does she low bridge or something? Does it take, takes them over the top, I think, towards the end of it? Like there was something like that that led to Io Shirai being able to do the Asai Moonsault. Yeah, and, and, you got, and Kyrie Sane took out um, Duke and Shafir on the outside. She did like a, a, a cross body from the top oh, rope to the floor. That was, it. That was and, it. Um, and actually on the replay, you can see Sane gets up onto the apron, not to watch her friend get the, t- uh, get the pin, but to protect the ring in case Duke mm-hmm. and Shafir get back up and try it. So she literally sits on the ring and puts her arms out yeah. as if to protect the, the, the pinfall, which I thought was a really, really nice spot. I mean, it's a bit tight on Bianca Belair from them, though, <laughs> but they haven't been helping her out thus far in the match it's yeah. a bit tight <laughs> it is yeah but you gotta wonder if this is like with the promo that Belair cuts at TakeOver Phoenix Wright mm-hmm. where 
uh, which we saw on last week's show, it was sort of like a post-match thing, where she said, I'm still undefeated. Mm -hmm. Like, she still believes this idea that she is undefeated. Whether this is going to lead to a much more... And it's... I want to say that a heelish Bianca Belair, but she's kind of a heel character already. Yeah. She's a heel character that gets cheered. She's an egocentric character. Yeah, I think, yeah, right. Sort of, yeah. That's it. And she is a great example of this sort of uh, this new school mentality of we don't have baby faces and heels. We just have characters, mm-hmm. which I, I, I completely get on board with. And this Bianca Belair really does feel like a good example of that that mentality yeah particularly if she is going to be going down this route of like more heelish to a degree yeah because she is as you say egocentric she genuinely believes she's undefeated yes and now she's going to be looking at these two women who are smaller than her they're oh. not as they're not as fittest as her they're not as bestest as her and she's going to have a bit of a chip on her shoulder about that absolutely and i think that's the cool thing about this kind of like if you're not having heels and baby faces it doesn't have to be a heel turn she just has to react to the stimuli exactly like, yeah. that's the cool thing it's like you know her being i'm undefeated i'm being all braggy was because she was perfectly within her rights too but her character is to be braggy and egocentric so it's interesting to then see how she would react to not losing but to being outshined yeah exactly like where do, whether she steps up and that, i think this is probably more to the point of like where this is going potentially this seems to set up a eo shirai Shayna baszler thing down the line but also setting up probably in the interim an Io Shirai Bianca Belair match for the number one contendership. Yeah, like a little mini feud to. to yeah, lead I think into so. That, like yeah. you know, we've got we've got a few months yet, so we'll we'll have this for a bit. Yeah, and then, totally. we'll, then we'll start to step up the game towards uh, take over whatever it is. Well, I, I'm going to guess it's called Brooklyn Five. Yeah, because it is going to be in Brooklyn is, for, yeah. for Mania weekend. So uh, we'll say Brooklyn for now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can definitely take over Brooklyn Beckham. <laughs> definitely see them doing. Uh, EO versus Baszler mm. at, at TakeOver Brooklyn, Bre- yes, uh, Brooklyn Beckham. Because I think that's that's a really good direction to go. EO's such a great talent. She's so... She's great. Mm. And she's getting really over with the crowd. And her act with Sane is is a tremendous little act. I'm a big fan of the Sky Pirates. Yeah, I like it. Although, I will say, during the entrance that Carrie Sane uh, had, she gave her hat to Izzy. Uh, Izzy, yes. the famous Bailey band uh, Izzy. She gave her hat to Izzy. And I could see... Wrestle Talk fan and Wrestle Talk watcher Karen just a little way down from where Izzy was sat, and I was like, "Karen is a much bigger fan of Kyrie <laughs> Sane than Izzy is. Why didn't Karen get that?" Next time, next time, That's absolutely, time. yeah. The other she thing, just come out like Ronda Rousey and just give out multiple hats. That's it, you know, <laughs> or like the New Day and just pour a back, like a bucket of <laughs> a hats bucket on of people. Hats them. The other thing to talk about from this match uh, before we get into the main review is that I suppose two things. But they're related to the same people. Mm-hmm. Duke and Shafir are currently the worst backup for Baszler ever. Because, I mean, Brian Alvarez <clears throat> pointed this out on Twitter, and it's completely correct. They haven't got a win on TV. No. They haven't won anything. They have helped Baszler out. Like, you cannot deny that they helped out during Evolution in order to, to pick up the win for, for Baszler. Yep. But... In ring, they seem very ineffectual because they keep <laughs> bloody losing. Yeah, they they have not got a good track record. They've not even got a good track record of interfering. Like that was the only one that worked. <laughs> Every other one, I don't even think the one that last takeover when you know Shayna manages they stall a bit and then Shayna picks up the victory over Belair. But I wouldn't even put that down. That didn't feel like that was down to the very easily dealt with yeah, yeah. run in. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> it just felt like it was like base is quite good. Like she can she can manage. Yeah, and it's. And I really, I'm actually really getting on board with the Duke and Shafir. Uh, mm. I, I quite like their in-ring work, actually. And I think they've got a really good look about them, particularly Duke. I think Duke looks so impressive because mm. she's about 12 foot tall. Mm. She just towers above everyone. I think she looks really awesome. But there were a group of guys in that crowd mm-hmm. that were really harping on them. Anytime Marina Shafir was in the ring, trying to, you can't wrestle at her. And just trying to really, like, obscene things at them. Which I was really, I, I felt really, like, bad about like i thought that was really unfair on them there was like some please tag shana chance yeah. and stuff like that it's like you realize you are watching developmental <laughs> yes what do you want like <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> not everyone is ricochet or johnny gargano yeah. when they come in exactly well that's the point isn't it some people are like the developmental territory of wwe is either they've picked up athletes who were good at other things and are transitioning them into wrestling or they pick up amazing wrestlers who aren't quite good enough to go on the main roster yet yeah. or they don't think are quite ready to go on the main roster yet. Like Ricochet, while he's an amazing in-ring athlete, 
his promo work has got amazing since he's been in NXT because he's clearly getting lessons yeah, in yeah. that sort of stuff. It, like, yeah. you know, it's everyone has stuff to work on. It's just I think actually Duke and Shafir are very good at character mm-hmm. and are working on the in ring stuff. And I think they've been impressive so far. I completely aside from the fact that they haven't won. Yeah, well, yeah. 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 <laughs> Storyline wise, they've been terrible. They've been awful. Like, I yeah. think in terms of like looking at it from outside, pretty good. I, I would be happy with their debut. I can I completely agree. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We've got to shout out some of our $25 and above pledge hammers. Can you see that list? I can see the list. Excellent. So, big thank you to Britain's next top model, Phil Stopford. Woo, oh, yeah. Phil. Phil! I trust you as Sam Farr as I can throw oh, you. Oh, Sam, there he is. Sean El Blandito Blandford. Oh, he's not blanding. Oh, I'm not clapping as hard because I'm trying to read the next one. Shimmy Gangot, Zachary Robert Crowley Bados. Oh, what a name. What, a, what an epic name. Don't really understand so it. So long. Have a cup of tea. Lee. His ah. name's T. Lee. Caught in a Travis Webb. Caught. I'm caught. Help me, save me. And lastly, for this episode, we're going on a Brian Huntley. Oh, Yay! yes. Let's all go on it. More terrible pun. We'll have some more of your uh, $25 and above shout outs on the next Raw, SmackDown, and NXT episode. The show opened with Johnny Gargano coming out. Um, great uh, crowd chanting for Johnny Champion. Mm-hmm. And he cuts. A genuine babyface promo. Yeah, I it, like it. It felt like it's almost like the Sami Zayn promo when he won the NXT Championship of being like, we finally come down this road together. We've been working together with this. And that's the promo that Gargano was cutting here, which is just like, we won it together, you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did this all together. It was, And he was like, Johnny Wrestling is back. And it was, you know, Johnny Gargano as a character believes that Johnny Wrestling is back. Yeah, and you could, he, the only way you could tell it was a heel promo is because he was doing smug face. Yeah. <laughs> he and he was Johnny Wrestling is back, you guys. And he was, I think in his head, he doesn't look at, or like maybe he doesn't even remember doing the things that he did in the match, like peeling back the, the mat and things like that. Or he's just choosing to ignore that's how he yes, won the match. Yeah. And there was a great moment because then Tommaso Ciampa comes out with, with his belt and he says, hey, look, I'm not here to take away from your moment. I'm just here to say that you followed 
Champions League? Do you follow the Champions yeah. League? And Johnny has this moment where he just looks like he looks like he's only just realized that. Mm. And he's just got this look on his face like, did I? That's where I, <laughs> oh, that's where I got these ideas from. It was such, it's, Johnny Gargano is a great actor. Like, he's really good at getting across this character in these sort of, like, little moments. That's why I'm such a fan of his. He's, oh, he's amazing. I yeah. think he's just, he's the best thing in NXT. He's just, like, he's a, he's a great character worker. He puts on amazing matches. He, he's a future main roster star. He has like, to be. You know, he could have the longest run with the Intercontinental or the US belt yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah. He could be, I mean, I don't want to use the term, the new Daniel Bryan. But mm. like, if he very much could be like in that new Daniel Bryan yeah, role. The new, just, new Daniel the Bryan. The new, new Daniel yeah, Bryan. Exactly. new Daniel Bryan would have something to say about that. New Daniel Bryan. New, new, new Yeah, new Daniel Bryan would want to wear some flannel. New, <laughs> new Daniel <laughs> Bryan would just want to wear comic book stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, so yeah, like, and Champa kind of says that this is what they've been working towards. This has always been their dream mm-hmm. to, to be like champions together. That's what they always talked about on the road. And I think Gargan's got this sort of internal conflict where he's talking about, like, this isn't, we're not having our moment. I just came out onto the stage. I wasn't there to like. It's not a DIY reunion. I just yeah, happen. Yeah. You just happened to be there. And it's like I thought it was really, really great. I came stuff. there. Yeah, he was like, I came out to show you that I'm coming for you. Basically, yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, you did like a little bit. Yeah, a little then you bit. You also were a bit like, mm, yeah. Kind of like he did have a little cheeky look at the belts, but really, yes. this felt more like it was you know the heel DIY reunion. But this brings out Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream won the Worlds Collide tournament, mm-hmm. which I've not seen any of. And he's used the money from his winnings to buy a lovely turban and a set of silver <laughs> hammer pants well he looked fantastic when you've got style yeah. like a dream his i feel like the wardrobe department must have an absolute field day with him where they're just like you could just put him in anything he looks great oh yeah i mean I, I just think that they've also got the easiest job in the world because they don't have to make any choices no. because he literally just comes up to them with a drawing and says this please yeah i want th- glasses with three eyes <laughs> to make matt seidel uh, no <laughs> this would be lovely no. no, thank you. Uh, yeah, so he comes out to say that he did win Worlds Collide, which means that he has uh, got himself a championship opportunity mm-hmm. at a champion of his choice, and he has picked Johnny Wrestling. And this was quite weird, actually, because I yeah. thought the point of Worlds Collide was that you got a championship opportunity across any of the brands involved in Worlds Collide, but he phrased it here as like, I got an NXT championship opportunity of my choosing. And yeah. it was like, that's not what I thought they... Cause also, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I'm sorry. In the d- promos, they were only showing the top belts. It's not. I know. Not like. It's not like NXT UK or or Two Hundred Five Live have different belts to go for. But this is such a rogue choice yeah, as well yeah. to be like. I'm after this one. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I mean, I didn't mean to try and cut you off there, but it was like it felt like that. WWE themselves didn't really know what this tournament was yeah. for because there were some press releases that said as you pointed out there for you can challenge for any belt across any brand but there were some press releases that said you can challenge for any belt on your brand so the women's belt in NXT UK I, I guess so yeah, I think that, that was I think that was to try and eliminate this idea that Keith Lee could go for the 205 live belt yeah I think if, it, was if war, he, it was a walk back because when yeah. I saw the but when I saw the promos for 205 like the actual video ones they were like you can challenge for any belt and it showed all the belts yeah, except yeah. the North American title so I mean so. I don't think they really knew I yeah. think they just kept flip-flopping and changing yeah. their minds on Bless him, though. The Velveteen Dream has made the worst choice of those three <laughs> things. Apart yeah. from, obviously, the 205 Live move. Like, yeah, you win yeah. the Cruiserweight belt and then have to move to 205 Live. That's probably yeah. quite bad. I mean, yeah, you go, you move to 205 Live, which means you look get at, seen by less people. Yeah, look at Drew Gulak. He's desperate to get back to NXT, which <laughs> we'll get, get onto later. You do get seen by less people. But mm. if you're a champion, you do get to go on kickoff shows. That is true. So there is, yeah. like, you know, there, there, there's... A, there's Pluses and negatives mm. to, to go into 205 Live. It, you just have to either be the champion or the number one contender in order yes. to get anywhere. Um, but yeah, he points out that he doesn't want to face champion. He wants to face uh, Johnny Wrestling. But and then kind of putting over the... Gargano starts putting over this idea that, you know, while you were sitting on the sidelines, I was having a match of the year. Mm. And the following night, I was in the Royal Rumble. And you're like... Yeah, you were. Yeah. yeah, you were. Because you're awesome, Johnny well, It was Gargano. a great weekend for Johnny Oh, Gargano. really, really But the dream was. does come out saying, though, that he's like, well, this isn't about Johnny wrestling. This isn't about Gollum and Goldie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, you know, this is about the man who made NXT take over Phoenix just by turning up. Yeah. Because he did get a hell of a pop just for being there. Ab- absolutely. In the he world's did, yeah. tightest red top. <laughs> And then uh, he asks if you're going to see Johnny Wrestling or Johnny Jackass at uh, NXT, uh, you know, for this title shot. And uh, they leave, and sort of Gargano and Champa. Gargano sort of slowly walks past Champa, and they sort of have this little awkward moment, sort of pause with their titles. And it's, I think they're doing a really, really nice job of stretching out this 
heel DIY reunion. Mm-hmm. I'm still putting my money down, although I've been proved many times wrong before that my predictions are awful, that we are going to have that tag match at TakeOver. It's not gonna, there's not going to be an NXT Championship match. I think there'll be a tag match. It'll be heel DIY versus Black and Dream or Black and Ricochet or even mm-hmm. Ricochet and Dream if Alistair Black is, is elsewhere. True. So that that's where I'm going. I think this this they're making quite a bit of story about them just like their sort of circling of each other as well because they've done a couple of walking up the ramps where they do it staggered yeah. or they go past each other. So I think well, at the moment they both go up the ramp together. Mm-hmm. It'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now we're friends. <laughs> I think they also do a really good job uh, in NXT of kind of like separating what is canon and what is not because like Gargano and Champa have teamed together on house shows and stuff and like uh, the uh, the MSG show in December last year, the, the Christmas mm. one, they were on the same side and at Halftime Heat, they were on heat? the same side but they do a really good job of pretending that's not happened. But they, all, but I think they also did, even in Halftime Heat, they did a good job of those two being a bit wary of each other. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, were, they do these great bits of storytelling stuff where like, there was a bit in the brawl that happened post Phoenix between the six guys to set up halftime heat where someone swings for Gargano and the first person to step in the way is Champa. Like, yeah, yeah. Pushes, like, pushes past Gargano to get in the way of this fist being flung. And they did the same thing in World's Card. There was a few times where they're like, Johnny just didn't want to tag in Champa and he tags himself in. And there's, mm-hmm. you know, little bits of storytelling like that where they it keeps going. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you're just made into a match, you kind of have to just run with it. Absolutely, as it is, yeah. You know? I think they're very, very good at that. They didn't, you know, they didn't bust out the, uh, the, the mid in the middle yeah, in, yeah. in Worlds Collide, which you could have half easily... Heat. Yeah, sorry. Half-time heat. You could have <laughs> easily seen happen. So Yeah, yeah. Um, it was... Yeah, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of this mm. story. People have been asking if we're going to review Half-time Heat. Short review. It was excellent. Yes, it was, it, was, it was really good. 20 minutes of just non-stop thigh-slapping action. It was mm. bloody wonderful. My favorite bit is just when everyone has a go at diving. Yeah, the yeah. They were just like, we'll all have a go. We'll see what happens. My favorite review of the match um, was that it felt like a PWG match, mm. which it really, really did. It felt like a pro wrestling gorilla six-man tag, and it was just 20 minutes of dives and moves. If you're a big fan of moves then you will love Halftime Heat. Do you know it's the most watched NXT thing I saw, ever. yeah, yeah. Great result for them. Yeah, it's great. Uh, we then got the Forgotten Sons coming out. Oh! Or, as I've called them, the Sons of Blandarchy. Tell me yes, more. Yes, mate. Punnage. <laughs> sons of Blandarchy. But it's, um, it wasn't the uh, the other two. It was Jackson Riker this uh, time, which is, we've been saying... Billy Big Boy. Why isn't Billy Big Boy doing the wrestling? Mm. Here he is. He's the one doing the wrestling. This time against Mons or Mansour, I guess. Mansour. Uh, he was from the, the Middle East. Handsome little champ he was. Um, basically, did a lot of the uh, performance center videos. Yeah. yeah. Basically, this was a, a, a you know a Jackson Riker squash match. Hit him with a sort of like a modified sky high at the end. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then hits the move again after the match. Not really much to talk has about to get, with has it. Has to get dragged off by his mates. Yeah. It was a good bit where he speared him out of the air. Oh, that, that was, was cool. cool. That was yeah. great. Yeah, really, really cool. Um, I like Jackson Riker. A good intense stare. I just don't think this this group is just not getting over at all. Yeah, they just, they've got real go-away heat, haven't they? It's just, yeah, yeah. it's just one of those... I think it's one of those things, though. They do this sort of squash match thing with the big guys, and it's it doesn't do anything for them. No, like, exactly. Same with uh, Dijakovic. It's like... Dijakovic? Dijakovic. That's, I can't remember <laughs> how to... It's impossible to remember how to pronounce... Dijak. Yeah. Like, it's really hard. <laughs> it's two syllables. Yeah, I know. Just let's stick with that. Like... With Dijak, it's like, I feel like all of his squash matches that he's had so far haven't done as much to put him over as just having him in the Battle Royal at the beginning of Worlds Collide did. Because in that, he eliminates at least like four people and does all of his really cool stuff. And you're like, yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah. He does a bit where he, I think it's TJP he's got. And he's just got him like that. And he just spin, you know, he does that big fling thing. Yeah, yeah. But he just does that and then over the top rope, like, bye, mate. Like, (laughs) it's... That sort of stuff is much better, like showing more variety, like even if the people fight back a little bit more, like it just makes it look good. Don't yeah, yeah. just do three moves and then your finisher. And then stare. Unless you, especially if your finisher is just a power bombing. Yeah, thing. yeah. Like, exactly. You know, at least Dajakovic is it's got that awesome like reverse that, GTS thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Wicked. So so cool. Uh backstage Ricochet was having a photo shoot and Kathy Kelly was there hoping to get an interview with him. But up comes Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era. Being like, why do you want to interview that loser? Mm-hmm. I'm standing right here. I'm Adam Cole, baby. I should be interviewed. I love how quietly he says baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's. It's I'm like, Adam Cole, baby. It's like he's got Tourette's. <laughs> he just has to say, baby. Yeah. So I'm Adam Cole, baby. 
uh, Ricochet sort of walks up and uh, Cole calls Ricochet a one-trick pony, oh, and, yeah. and Ricochet says that you know, hey Cole, you're at the back of the line, and this and the other. Or Cole says that Ricochet be back of the line because he's just lost the title. Um, Ricochet reminds Cole that he beat him for the title, and a match is set up between the two to uh, to assumedly crown a new number one contender. Mm-hmm. So that should be very good. And they also announced that the Gargano Dream Match for the North American Championship will be in two weeks. Two weeks. Then we got what was easily the best thing on the show. Really? Well, yeah, Drew, was, Gu- Drew was, Gulak had a squash cool. match against... Drew Gulak was great. Drew Gulak had a squash match against Eric Bugenhagen. Bugen, the Boogs. <laughs> the Boogs. My first note here is, well, he's my new favorite wrestler. <laughs> he's got a sweet tash. He was he's, like a Mike Myers character. <laughs> he was basically, he's like Tyler, he's Tyler Perry mixed with Joey Ryan. <laughs> I love this lad. Like he throws a guitar pick out to the crowd. Mm. What a, what, he's there doing like the, the, uh, the Johnny B. Goods, like Marty McFly doing the air little kicks as you're walking with the guitar. Plays along the uh, oh, ropes. He goes to the ropes and starts playing the piano that on them it, with his yeah. theme tune. He's great. He had an encore uh, that wasn't on the <laughs> no, show no. with Charlie Caruso. No, not Charlie, Charlie Caruso. Caleb Braxton? No, is it Caleb Braxton? I, I, yeah, I think they're the I same person. So. But, um, oh, man, it was great. Uh, I, He's yeah. awesome. And, like, he, credit to Bugenhagen, not the lad from Final Fantasy VII, this Bugenhagen, that he... This was a match where two squash matches were back to back. You had uh, Mansoor do his like get his squash match, and then you had Bugenhagen come out to be squashed against Drew Gulak. Bugenhagen got over, yeah, like he because did. he was just like charisma, just like flowing out of him. The crowd were like, "Oh, he's good. Yeah. Oh, we like this guy." But he's the per- but he's it was a it was a smart choice. It was a very smart choice to pit him against Drew Gulak completely, who is totally his whole character is I am no nonsense. <laughs> Just the best technical wrestler here. I don't want anything silly yeah. anywhere near me. So, like, you could see the longer his intro went on, the more Gulak was like, I am I am livid. Like, yeah. I am very cross. That's it. And basically this match... Stop was, this silliness at once. This match essentially was, Gulak is having none of this nonsense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, oh, if you're going to be silly... I'm just going to stretch you out. Yeah, and it was it was great. And it's like it I think because Bugenhagen was so good and got himself over so much, it made Gulak squash even better mm-hmm. because the crowd were then disappointed and they got he got genuine heel heat because he beat a guy that the audience really liked as yeah. opposed to Jackson Riker just squashing some lads. Mm. And I I, I think it, I thought it was great. I just think the Bugenhagen thing is going to great. Like yeah. give it Give it two more goes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be like, I'm really fed up of... Because he does like an abdominal stretch and then plays his opponent like a guitar. Quite enjoyable. Oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah, it was... Good grief. I just... just, As long as he's got more in his repertoire... Than just that. If he keeps coming up with new things... Yeah, yeah, totally. I like that. But if he's just going to (laughs) go... I'm going to get annoyed because it's grating. Oh yeah, no. I Especially because we like the time we watch NXT is in like first thing in the morning, on a on a Thursday. Like at five, usually I'm watching NXT, so yeah. I'm really not in the mood for someone going. Rawr! Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, Gulak has a promo afterwards, uh, and basically to say like, I come all the way to NXT for that. Mm. You present me Ben Stiller from Dodgeball. <laughs> it was great, and. Um, I was, I've written him. He's not far off. He does look like Ben Stiller in Dodgeball, and he issues out an open challenge, for, like for uh, you know, for a submission. So he, he calls himself a submission specialist, and he wants to stretch someone out. And Matt Riddle answers, and that this led to a match between Drew Gulak and Matt Riddle. And I think the most telling thing about this match is that I've had quite a few messages from people on 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 social media, on Twitter, and on our Patreon page that have said, oh, "Okay, now I get Matt Riddle." Yeah, this match was great. Like, I was like, it, it was. I was really skeptical of him at first. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get it. I didn't really like the character. Having seen that match, I now get what Matt Riddle is all about. I now get why you guys like Matt Riddle so much. This was a wonderful exhibition of both Gulak and Riddle. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know I'm sort of really putting over Riddle here because he's the guy that's going to be going for the NXT Championship at some point. Oh yeah, and it's not Drew Gulak, isn't? But. Gulak was so good in making Riddle look great. Mm-hmm. And Riddle was so great in not only just being great, but also making Gulak look good as well. This was just, this was an excellent, excellent match. It was a technical showcase, wasn't it? Really? Oh, totally. But it was like, 
there was just all these wonderful, beautiful holds and stretches yeah. and all this different stuff going on. And then they do that for a good few minutes and then suddenly the pace would pick up and there was there was a, an amazing bit of uh, back and forth where Matt Riddle runs full pelt into Gulak's feet. Oh, yes. And just he just decapitates himself. He's like, you're guillotine? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah, he was doing his running forearms in the corner yeah. and Gulak did a drop kick and it wasn't like a picture perfect drop kick like you would see from a Jeff Jarrett or from you know from like a Randy Orton or something like mm. that this was just I'm just going to kick you in the face. Well, I need yeah, to drop kick you. I need you to. I need to stop your momentum. Yeah, he was basically just putting his boots up, wasn't he? Yeah, like, yeah. And in the sort of stand, substand, like the way people just do normally. But yeah. He just did two, and yeah. it just Matt Riddle just went for it, leathered himself, and like the stretches that that Gulak was doing, he had this sort of like double arm lock in. Riddle's a very bendy man, mm-hmm. so like it was like wrestling stretch Armstrong, <laughs> and it was just like just stretching him around all over the show, bending the fingers and things like that. It was really, really great. Problem is that stuff doesn't hurt Mr. Tickle, so it's just, <laughs> just immune. He was just like, no, yeah. try something new. Tie me in knots if you like. And his... I mean, I love Matt Riddle anyway. I like his character. I like him as a wrestler. I like the way he looks. I like the, the charisma that he has. But here's why I like Matt Riddle. It really dawned on me in this. Mm. I get rock hard for deadlift suplexes. <laughs> and there was... Just love it. I'd love a deadlift suplex. If you're going to deadlift a, a German suplex, deadlift front face suplex, just any old suplex. If you're deadlifting it, mm. it's it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Lucas the hots for Cesaro. Oh, mate. Oh, loves, loves yeah. The old absolutely. Gut wrench. Him and Tyler Bate, like, they yeah. are, yeah, in terms of doing their, their deadlifts. How many, how many? How many, how many? And this Mother match Hubbard. was... There were deadlifts aplenty mm. in this. Matt Riddle essentially was just like, how can I deadlift you next? Oh, I know, I'll do this. And he'd just like just deadlift him out of something else. He was awesome. Well, the one, so my favorite one was the, towards the end, I think he just sort of scoops him up, slams him down, and Gulak rolls over onto his knees. Yeah. And then he gets the uh, Raymond Rowe special <laughs> yeah. knee Oof. to the face. And that's what leads to the finish, right? That's, yeah, yeah. He then goes for a pinfall, doesn't get the pinfall, and then just starts with the elbows. Yeah. And then locks in the bro mission. The bro mission, Drew taps out. That match ruled. That yeah, it's match, really good. It's an amazing showcase. Yeah, really, really awesome. Big fan of Matt Riddle, and I'm a big fan of Drew Gulak. If I had more time in my day, I would watch 205 Live. And that's, you know, that's on me that I don't watch 205 mm. Live on a weekly basis. But I would also say, mate, WWE, you are struggling to fill your three hours of Raw at the moment because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of your top guys are out. Just put on some cruiserweight matches you've got them there yeah. like technically they're still part of the raw roster i think i think that's still the case the cruiserweights are part of them but like some cruiserweight exhibition matches on raw and smackdown would be such a better use of the cruiserweights than just putting them on 205 live a show that very few people watch mm-hmm. a show that very rarely cracks the top 10 most watched things on the network because well, the stupid thing is then you could move those cruiserweight matches that you're having on pre-shows of pay-per-views up to the main, the main show. show, where we can open the main show with a massive amount of excitement. Right? Because you're not always going to have Becky Lynch versus Asuka to kick you off, are Absolutely, you? You're going to have some yeah. other nonsense that's rubbish. Comple- completely agree You're going to have you. the revival losing again. <laughs> to Bobby Roode and Bobby Chad Re- yeah. Um, yeah, no, I completely... I just think there's a, there's a better use of the cruiserweights in WWE. But then again, mm. I don't think that is the spiciest of hot takes you and I have ever said on this show. No, absolutely not. But then I just think if you... I think the key now should just be... They should just make the rosters... If they're going to do something like Worlds Collide... Worlds Collide is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Do something, like we said before, like Drew Gulak going down to NXT. Fantastic idea. Same thing. Let's just make all those rosters rotate around. Yeah. Like, if you can fit on 205 Live, you can make the weight, you can go to 205 Live and have a match just to be like, well, these things should all cross-promote, right? Yeah, yeah, they're totally. All, they're all very much network-based things. So why does it matter? Yeah. Like, it's not the same rules as like Raw and SmackDown where you probably shouldn't have NXT stars just keep coming up and doing stuff because there might be like, we want this specific roster or we will have, you know, there's that yeah, sort yeah. of thing going on. You can just do that. So let's just rotate them around, get their faces out there. And you can hope that if people aren't watching 205 Live, but they see someone on NXT was on it, they'll go there. Or if someone from 205 Live is on NXT or NXT UK, they might follow them back. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's a... A really good use of, of 205 Live guys. Um, we said this with mm-hmm. uh, who was it that came down down to NXT? And it wasn't it was, obviously we had Tyler Breeze, nice. uh, Tony Neese. That was it when yeah. we first started doing these reviews. Yeah. So 
I, I thought overall a very, very solid episode of NXT, particularly mm-hmm. just for that that Matt Riddle-Drew Gulag match and, of course, Bugenhagen. Uh, and I really like that I'm, 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 I'm in love with the Johnny Gargano to Massive Champa storyline. Mm-hmm. And now you've got this very interesting sort of women's division picture where Io Shirai and Kari Sane have got pins over Shayna Baszler, but Bianca Belair, who thinks she is the bestest, mm-hmm. has not got a win over her. She should try tying her up with the hair. Mm. Like in sort of like an old western, like a yeah. the railroad tie, and then just lay her down. Oh, there was an amazing moment. Get your shoulders up now, Baszler. There was an amazing moment during like the the celebration because, but like Bel Air was just like, I don't want to raise your hands, but I guess I'll have to. Mm-hmm. Like raising hands, very sort of reluctant to do so, forcibly smiling to be like, Yay! I'm glad we won, and. <laughs> and they're like, she's looking at EO, who's on the like motioning, doing the, the waist things. So, like, mm. I'm going for the championship mm. now. She's looking at being like, I'm so happy for you going yeah. for the title. And then you got Kari Sane trying to celebrate with her hair. And Bianca Bella go, No, you're not. Just, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm shutting this down now. Like, I will, I will clap with you, but no, we are not playing with each other's hair. None of that's now. I was, oh, it was wonderful. Not until I can have the hat, but you already gave it away. <laughs> We got this question in from Marcel Jura. Uh, I picked this up with Ollie um, on the SmackDown show, mm-hmm. talking about how that we do get like NXT specific um, questions coming in and mm-hmm. emails coming in. He did not seem best pleased about it. No, no, because he, he was almost like, "What? I'll be left out." Exactly, feeling a bit left out. Right? Have more defined hobbies and interests, Ollie. That's what I would say. Uh, but Marcel emails in to say, Hi, Luke and Laurie slash Ollie. Since I'm a professional author of an RPG adventure book, um, brackets Call of Cthulhu, Shadowrun, Opus Anima, I really enjoy you guys talking about your D&D parties. But there are more RPGs than D&D, so my question to you is, what other tabletop RPGs do you play, or are you playing, and what are your characters? Have fun, and thank you for your always entertaining reviews and rambling. Hope to see you at 16 Karat Gold. Highly unlikely. I wish we could. Gutted. Gutted. Uh, so yeah. So um, I mean, I I'm I'm only playing D and D currently. That's only because I've got time to literally play one game. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got enough time in my week to dedicate to one adventure, and that's the adventure that I'm playing. Yeah. There's. I mean, there's a lot of other RPGs I'd like to try. Uh, the so one I've, you got me for uh, Christmas. Yep. Uh, that's Blades in the Dark. That's one. Uh, yeah. Really that's a sort of heist based RPG in which a lot of it happens sort of retroactively. So like you. You go into a you, you go into the sort of heist or something. So you say you're breaking into a mansion. You break into the mansion through an upper window. You come out of a bathroom. You see a guard. You can then in that instead of like engaging the guard in a fight or whatever, you can come up with a reason why you can get past them by being like, oh well, in the planning phase of this, I actually uh, bribed this guard. And then you roll to kind of see if that's happened or like yeah. you, you're about you're trying to escape and you need to jump out the window and you're like, oh, fortunately, I paid this cart. Uh, puller to yeah, yeah. put his horse and cart underneath with a bale of hay in it and so we jump out the window and you land in the car of hay and it's yeah. like all this kind of sort of retroactive storytelling which is quite cool like almost like flashbacks yeah yeah that's quite fun um that's one i really want to try i've got uh it's called worldwide wrestling yes because you've got the yeah, big so wrestling the one. wrestling one that I need yeah to, really popular I need to try and do that the, at some point the way i understand that it's um it's sort of storytelling and, and the dm is essentially rolling to see how the crowd is reacting to that. And like mm-hmm. the other members of your party sort of provide commentary for the, the matches. From what I can gather anyway, I've only seen sort of like bits and pieces of, of people talking about yep. it online. Uh, but that is, again, that's another one I'd really want to try, actually. When I get time, I'll read the book. Well, this, this is it. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, you and I, we're, we're men in our 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, with, you know, I, I've got a, a wife, you've got a full-time girlfriend. These, full-time, uh, yeah, even part-time. Exactly. Like there is... V- limited time that i have available mm. like a friend of mine sent me a message because i was talking about how little i've been playing resident evil 2 and he's like you know i've got a kid i manage it and i'm like dude like i get up at five to yeah. watch wrestling and then i'm by the time i get home it's like half past seven in the evening getting on towards eight o'clock like i need to have food wash up prayer lunch for the next day and go to bed yeah. like i've i've only got a finite amount yeah, of you hours need to get up at four yeah, and you can play resident evil for one hour <laughs> and then you can watch that's wrestling. the key to yeah. it really isn't it yeah. or have wrestling on in the background while you're playing resident evil yeah, but then I can't take notes because it's funny because I was talking to this about uh, to my Dictaphones wife about this. Is probably the best thing to do. Yeah, because I was talking to my wife about this when I first started working at Rest Talk. I tried for like a week or so to 
take notes well like to watch wrestling while i was doing ddpy like today i would do yoga mm. while i was watching wrestling because my thought process was well i'm watching the wrestling and i'm just and i'm doing my stretches and this is fine but i found that i wasn't paying attention to the wrestling i was just focused on doing the yoga or i would finish doing the yoga and then realize i'd forgotten everything that had happened <laughs> and it would be a waste of, a colossal waste of time so i found that the only way i can really watch wrestling is if i'm sat down and watching it yeah, like I otherwise you're like bugenhagen wins the match exactly, with the downwards yeah. facing dog exactly yeah I, I don't i can't even do it like if i'm on a treadmill because then i can't take notes mm. like people have said like i'll oh, just get, get on a treadmill I, I, how do you write notes what I, are I'm, the names for the moves in uh ddp yoga like is he renamed all the yoga things uh, sort of a lot of them are more or less the same downwards facing road dog yeah well one. i mean yeah. he didn't go with that one but like so the warrior poses are road warrior forgotten poses. sun salutation nice um that's about the you know i can really think of like you those know, are the two yoga dead moves man, i like, know when you, when you, <laughs> you sort of like lie back and sort of stretch your arms out that's like you're a dead man mm -hmm. and things like that kick out so when you sort of like go real tight and then you just release so there's like some wrestling bits and pieces mm -hmm. in there. But really like, I mean, DDP was talking about this on Joe Rogan's podcast that he's renamed it to DDPY because he doesn't want it to be considered yoga anymore. Right. Because it's it's grown past just being, you know, a form of yoga. It's a way of life, man. Pretty much. What a nice guy. <laughs> like, there's a real stark contrast. I was, I've been listening to some Talk is Jericho podcast quite recently and kind of catching up on those. Mm -hmm. He did a fabulous podcast recently about the mandela effect yeah which I'm, I'm fascinated by i think the mandela effect is a really really interesting concept i think it's really cool but the woman that he had on there talking about it at times really did sound like you know that simpsons episode where mill has like then why did i have the bowl but why did i have the bowl <laughs> that's how she sounds <laughs> and then after and then right at the end he's uh, chris jericho is like right before we go i just want to talk to you about your the interactions you've had with aliens and i'm like okay i'm tapping out like yeah. she, no no <laughs> she may believe this and i to a degree also think there is something to be said about the mandela effect but when you start saying like oh i've spoken to aliens now i'm on a higher plane i'm like i'm tapping out of your conversation yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sort of moving past this more people would say this if it was a regular thing <laughs> <laughs> like i'm more i can buy more into this idea this sinbad movie uh the, the shazam movie starring sinbad where he played a genie right. because there are people who are a disparate apart from each other across the country who have the exact same memory like that to me is a better example of the mandela effect than some woman who said like i spoke to aliens mm. and i i think it's all to do with cern i think they are messing with atoms they are messing with with particles and then saying like coca-cola has got a different logo now our timeline has said it's different and jericho's like what what do you mean coca-cola's got a different logo she goes it used to have a dash in it and in my head i'm like it's still got a dash. And she's like, yeah, the dash is higher now. Have you heard of rebranding? That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. And like, she keeps saying like, lines in movies are different now. And like, you've just misremembered the line of dialogue. That's quite common. Yeah, like, yeah, misremembering and then forming a new memory of the misremembering is a really big deal. Yeah. Like, that's like what a lot of people kind of feel like deja vu is, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea that you had a feeling before or your brain is catching up to what you've actually already experienced so you're like oh this I've, I've heard this before and it's like no you heard it a second ago and then you've just thought about it so i don't know exactly yeah, yeah. It's, it's like she keeps saying like the example of um darth vader's line in the empire strikes spoilers for empire strikes back where he's <laughs> like, luke i am your father it's like that was never the line that's mm. it's, it's a famously misquoted line yeah it's it's actually luke who's your daddy <laughs> <laughs> and what does he do <laughs> but like but that is quite famous of a misremembered line a misquoted line mm -hmm. that has become pop culture and now people assume that is the line exactly yeah and like if you if someone has not seen the empire strikes back but would probably recognize that line then of course that's going to be their memory of that line. The yeah, timeline has not it, changed, yeah. and everyone does it in a in a voice. Like yeah, you know, exactly. it's not like yeah, yeah. So she went a little bit offside. But anyway, point I was going to make about DDP before I get before I got sidetracked. There is a real stark difference between DDP on his episode of Talk Is Jericho, mm -hmm. where he's just talking about like how great things are at the moment, how he's really loving wrestling and he's loving DDPY. He's really putting over Cody and the things that the All Elite Wrestling crew are doing. Mm -hmm. And the one he put up today with Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler, which was recorded on his cruise. Jerry, lovely. 
He's yeah. having a smashing time. He just wants to chat about memories. JR, on the other hand, surly, bitter JR is no mm. fun to listen to because they'll be talking about, like, you know, oh, do you have any memories of Raw? And JR will go, like, yeah, it's one time on Raw. Kids today don't know how to wrestle. You do three moves and you don't sell anything. How much? And I'm like, all right, JR. Like, why did you bring that up? Yeah. Surly JR is no fun. It's the reason why I stopped listening to his podcast. But he's he's still co- but he commentates on all this stuff. It's like if you don't oh. like it, stop talking about it. Um, if any of our Ramble Club listeners, uh, the original version of Ramble Club, maybe the second or third iteration of Ramble Club, will have heard this. But Ollie and I did a review of one of the um, New Japan uh, American shows they did mm. last year, uh, the New Beginning shows. Yeah, it's, it's way worse. Also, like, don't work for New Japan if you don't like people kicking out a move. Like, but it was the, not selling moves. Yeah, it was. The, it was a, um, a Juice Robinson match, yeah. and Jr. is so surly throughout the whole match, just complaining and whining, and it really took me out of most of the matches because mm. I'm like, God, Lord, if you don't like it, Jr., stop doing it. Yeah, but it's also that thing of just like, also like, you know, I was reading an interesting thing about nostalgia earlier that was saying like. The idea of nostalgia is kind of the, the longing to return to a, a previous time, right? So the longing to return to a previous state. And that's why a lot of people have nostalgia for video games, mm-hmm. specifically. Like, because it's literally a time capsule that will look the same whenever you go to play. It will feel the same. And actually, there's muscle memory there that when you start playing stuff. But, and also because new technology moves at a rate where people of our age, there's gonna, we're going to reach a point, Luke, where... Suddenly, you're going to get something new. You're going to get a new phone. You're going to go, I don't understand this. <laughs> and like, there are lots of things about I'm computers and stuff. Yeah. There's lots of things like, I don't understand things in my phone. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't know how to do this. No I don't know why it's in there. I, I don't tr- want to touch it. I've once I want, tr- I I want tried a Nokia 3210. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. I've once tried to use Snapchat. I didn't get it. Yeah. No idea. But this is the point. So like, some people react to it badly. Like the fact that you just don't want to move on. Yeah. And JR is one of those He's guys. A- He's got a nostalgia for an era in which, you know, you could talk about the one power bomb that happened for five minutes. Yeah, and that yeah. could just be the thing rather than having to go, well, this move happened, and then this move happened, and then this move happened, and then this move happened, this move happened, this move. Maybe it's just the the frequency of things he has to call now because <laughs> no one's selling moves. Yeah. Like everyone's no selling for a bit. And then it's like now they're down. Okay, well I can finally say this thing that I had in my head for five minutes. So. Yeah. Totally. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I feel like we've gone way off course. <laughs> where, where, where do we start well, with we that? Well, we were talking about RPGs. RPGs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that is actually all we've got time for on this episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening and apologies once again for it being late. Um, also, apologies if there's been any audio issues, teething problems. It's a new setup. Um, I think it should be fine. Hopefully. we. I think it should be fine. I don't think we're too close. I don't think we're too far away. I think we've pretty much nailed this, but... Apolo- apologies if it has sounded the braggadocio of that well, I was just going to say apologies if this has sounded absolutely toilet for the last 20 minutes it's, it's not our fault Luke's just gone oh we nailed it oh we've done this so good uh, but thank you for listening Ollie and I will be back tomorrow with the magazine show talking about the AEW rally that happened in Jackson not in Jacksonville sorry in Las Vegas where they've got new signings they've announced new matches for Double or Nothing so there's plenty to talk about and the future of pro wrestling in general General, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you then. Take care. Love you. Goodbye. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. $15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.